This podcast is proudly sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, a Catholic fraternal benefit society dedicated to helping members achieve financial security through life insurance while supporting the Catholic community through fraternal outreach. There are legends. Legends. Of, of uh, priests having powerful experiences during the Mass. Yeah, like levitating and... Yes. Uh, Padre Pio would... Um, Padre Pio, or uh, maybe it was Joseph Cupertino. I mean, I, uh, Philip Neri. I mean, they would, the elevation with their hands up, they would go in ecstasy and just get stuck there. Wow. For like minutes or an hour. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, Can you imagine being in one of those, just attending? I uh, know. From I mean, the local you, village? You hear, these, you hear these stories, like they, had to, they would get in trouble because their masses were like three hours long. You know, there wasn't, they weren't, I think they were just doing normal low masses, you know. It's like, I always uh, wondered, like, what what would have caused that? Yeah. That's very, well, you just answered a, a, a lagging, nagging question of mine, which is, how could, unless, unless the homily was just painfully long? Right, yeah. It seems unlikely. I, I think it wasn't the homily. I think it was the, the deliberate slowness and... Just getting stuck in, in transepts of ecstasy. And and this is how we got the St. Michael the Archangel prayer that we now say at the end of every Mass, correct? Oh, I don't know. Was it during Mass that he got that? Wasn't it? Uh, I thought it was at the end of a Mass when he had that that vision. Hmm, it could have been. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, listeners. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I say something that a priest is like, I don't know, then I suddenly... Oops, oops, maybe I made that up. ...doubt myself. I'm teeing you up, though, because uh, you you mentioned you had uh, something of an... Exp- I don't know anything about it. Yeah, so I was, I was levitating at Mass the other day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, not... Usually not. he can get those out without smiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, so I, I'm a, yesterday, my, my day off, and I usually, I always say mass, private mass generally, in the rectory, and usually I say the, the extraordinary form mass. Um, I, I think in part because it just, it just kind of uh, forces me to, to work a little bit, you know, uh, if I do the, the ordinary form. It's a little too easy for me to like, well, I'll do Eucharistic prayer number two. And I just, it's just, I can make it too short. And what I try to do on my days off is just like take my time when I say the mass, um, which for whatever reason, even if I don't have anything to do or anywhere to go, you just kind of get in like mode of like clipping along. Yeah. You know? So before I started my mass, I just said, you know, I, need, I just need to, to pray a couple songs, you know, and so I grabbed the, the guitar in the chapel there and um, I just did a couple praise songs and I don't know who's more offended right now. <laughs> but I sang a couple of praise songs and, and both of the songs are really, one of them, one of them, the words are just very simple. I've known this song since I was a kid, but it's just enter in, enter in. Um, I'm free to enter in, huh. in your name and your blood and your spirit. I come freely to the throne of grace and worship face to face. I'm free to enter in. And, uh, and just, this is a beautiful, beautiful words to start a mass, right? I'm entering into the yeah. mystery, into your, into your blood. I'm entering in freely. And then the second song I sang was, um, the first line is Calvary and heavenly banquet, both made present to me. This, wow. this is, this is what the mass is, you know? And I just, that was my prayer. I'm like, Lord, I just need to, I just want to pray this mass really slowly and reflectively and, um, 
and so I just I just did I just kind of I just able to stay in that place of um, just a, a little bit more connectedness uh, to what I was doing and reflected reflective on the on the, the mystery and uh, and it's just it's just really beautiful I mean nothing nothing profound or anything but uh, just I just felt like I was staying more present and then I get uh, right to the consecration and and it was kind of this beautiful moment like oh I'm I'm entering in to the mystery and everything, everything preceding that is kind of like, oh yeah, I'm praying some prayers and I'm reading some readings. And this is stuff that anybody can do at any time, you know? Right. But now when we get to the consecration, uh, Epiclesis consecrated, we're like, wow, we're, we're entering into the mystery of the mass that we can only do in this, in this moment, uh, in, in this way and in this place. And as I say, the words of consecration and... And it just kind of just kind of hit me like, oh, I'm, I've entered in. I'm I'm inside the mystery right now, huh. and this this singular unique moment of existence where I'm inside the mystery of the Eucharist, and in a really a really beautiful and uh, transcendent and you know ineffable way. Before before the consecration of the blood too, it's like whoa. There's it's like we're we're right here at the at the foot of Calvary, and you know, and then the consecration of the the blood, and you know, here we are. We're we're face to face with God. Hmm. You know, we're at the throne of grace. And I was able to just kind of stay in that in that moment, and then I get to the the Lord's Prayer, and then this was kind of an epiphany for me. And I'm sure that somebody somewhere has written on this, and maybe I've even read that somewhere. But uh, I felt like it was something new that I hadn't I hadn't experienced before, or remembered, or learned, or known before. But I start praying the Lord's Prayer, and I'm like this. This is the prayer, like the mystery of the cross is the mystery of the mass, which is the moment of the consecration is par excellence, the mystery of, of the cross, right? That's what it is. The body and the blood existing separately, we're there. That's where, that's Calvary. And f- at that moment, we, we pray, the, pray the Lord's Prayer. Huh. It's not like this random insertion, like, oh, that, remember that prayer that Jesus taught us? We got to put it somewhere. Yeah. Let's, let's put it here. It's like, that's, that's the place for it. Yeah. You know, and I was, I was looking up at the cross as I'm, as I'm praying this, and like, no doubt, this is the prayer of the cross. Right. It's the prayer from the cross. I mean, if Jesus didn't say it out loud from the cross, I'd be surprised, but he's at least praying it in in his heart. And, and if we look at it, we see like throughout the whole uh, passion, Holy Week, Triduum, we see aspects of the cross. So like think of it for a moment, um, think, think of Jesus on the cross, and then think of the words of the Our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, you know how many several times he he calls on God Father from the cross, right? Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Like this is what Jesus came to do: is to hallow the name of the Father, huh. and he does it most perfectly by showing how much the Father loves us in his in his passion. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come. It's like 
this is it. This is the kingdom has come. Yeah. This is this is the moment. You know, yeah. he's been saying, "My hour's not here. My hour's not here. My hour. Oh, my hour's here." And just moments, just just you know, earlier in Holy Week, he says this. And it's like, you know, the, you know, this this is this is the hour. Uh, he says to the Pharisees, right? Then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Yeah. It's like the kingdom of God is here. Yeah. You know, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. He just said that in the garden yeah. last night. Yeah. Right? Not mine, but your, yours. So only be done. two places he said that. Right. So thy will be done, and then, uh, and and then as it, on earth as it is in heaven. Well, this is actually what Jesus came to do. To he's been doing the Father's will perfectly in heaven for all mm-hmm. eternity. Now he comes down on earth, brings it to earth, so that his will can be done perfectly on earth. Um, on earth and heaven, give us this. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, what did you do last night? It's like here's the bread, which doesn't have its completion until Calvary. Right. You know, like that's it's it's just it's it's just a memorial meal until like the sacrifice actually happens. Right. You know, if if the sacrifice would never have happened, it'd be like, well, that was that was cute. But it's like this is this is it's all part of the same mystery. Yeah. The Last Supper and Calvary. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. What was uh, one of the last words he said from the cross? Yes, forgive them, Father, if they know right. what they do. For, he's for, forgiven. And then, and then this is what the cross does. It takes away our sins. Forgive them their trespasses as they forgive. You know, so he's like, hey, I'm going to show you how this works. Father, forgive them because I'm forgiving them. You know, you yep. know. Um, and he's, he's speaking to this on behalf of, of all humanity. Um, uh, lead us not into temptation. What are the Pharisees doing at the foot of the cross? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Come down off the crowd. We'll believe you if you yeah. come. It's like it's a final it's temptation. Tempting. Yeah. And then deliver us from evil. And what does the cross do? It delivers us. It conquers. It's deliverance. It conquers. You know, so it's like, I was, so like, I'm just, I'm like praying the Our Father. I'm like, whoa, I never, I mean, for whatever reason, I never, I never put those two things together before. And, um, so it's just, yeah, it's just a really powerful, beautiful moment. And then right after that, of course, uh, the reception of Holy Communion. And and then, you know, I've been in the mystery and now whew, the mystery is actually inside in. of me, oh <laughs> you know? So I was like, whew, that was... And then I started levitating. <laughs> That's when you <we> <laughs> I was waiting for that part. You know what's, you know what's interesting is uh, the phrase daily bread in Greek was uh, um, episusius, if I'm pronouncing that right, which when... You know, when scholars went back to like Jerome's Vulgate, they had a very hard time figuring out what that word meant, right? And putting it in Greek. And um, what they came to was, uh, was give us this day our super substantial right, yeah, bread. Yeah. Because when I, as you know, in the tradition I came from, we viewed the Bible as, as the daily bread. So when we talked about our daily bread, that meant reading the Bible every day mm-hmm. and that the word of God... Uh, the scripture was to be consumed. So, you know, it's funny how the, the theology, at least spiritually, had this idea of consumption, but it was the Bible. And we, it would have been crazy to like rip pages out of the Bible and shove them down our mouths. But it probably <laughs> seems just as crazy, of course, uh, from the other side that Christ is present. God is contained in this little piece of bread. But mm. I digress. When I read that, and I remember Bishop Barron did a, a great little exposition on this. I was like, oh, I mean, there in that moment, the if you're at the Last Supper and you're putting all these things together of what Jesus had taught them in the, in, in the prayer. I mean, think about it. The, he gives them a prayer and then he gives them a meal. 
These are not just like, okay, guys, you want to know how to pray? You can just say something like this. Uh, I don't know. Our Father. <laughs> right. Heaven, right. right? He's teaching them how to pray, and he gives them a prayer, and he gives them a meal, um, which is these two wonderful forms of su- uh, sustenance. But when I, when I discovered kind of the, the history behind daily bread, which for all of these centuries was understood to be the supernatural bread in the Eucharist, whether they put it in this sort of modern vernacular to, to daily bread, but, but the idea that this word was actually really very difficult to find in any Greek literature right, right. Um, for, for Jerome to, to place it there. And in, in, it has been, I think, apparently found in, in a couple other places, always in this context of something supernatural. Uh, I was I was totally overwhelmed by that prayer that I had never prayed. Mm-hmm. We had a we would sing it sometimes. I had a very dear friend who put some some sort of contemporary music to it. It was beautiful to sing. Um, that's when we would say it. Never bothered praying it. Here Jesus says, "This is how you pray," and I never ever once. Oh really? Ever, ever in my life was like I should just say the Lord's prayer. No way. That's never. The... Huh. Never until it was presented to me in a song. Then I was like, oh, well, now I can say it because it's a song. <laughs> it's, I know. I'm, tra- it's just... I'm trying to think because I, I, I ran in some, you know, Protestant circles in college and worked at some, you know, Protestant summer camps. And I feel like it was like, I feel like it was like kind of the one thing that we would like, oh, everybody knows this. And so, I mean, that's, that's yeah, yeah, they would because they had a, the, they do the different translation, which is forgive us our debts as we forgive those in debt to us. Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah, it's a slightly different translation that sometimes Protestants will use. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Catholics were, Catholics err on the other side. You know, it's like, you know, hey, um, say a prayer. I'm like, uh, uh. Our Father, Lord in heaven. That's, that's good, okay. but like, All right. you can just say, "Hey, just talk Jesus, to him. I love you, and yeah. I need you." And yeah, just, but, just talk to him. I never, never. I I sometimes found myself in circles where it was being said, and I distinctly remember as a youth going, "Oh, I don't think I know all the words to this." Hmm. <laughs> just, <laughs> but here it is, like the, the most our, a prayer given to us by the Lord. I've never thought of it in the context of the cross, though. And certainly the placement of the mass seems designed to bring you to that place. Yeah, right? It's like, it, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, come on. I mean, seriously? <laughs> like, are you, like, probably probably, every, probably, all of our listeners are like, well, duh. Yeah. I mean, if that's you out there, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, e- email us and let us know if you already knew that. Um, and you're just rolling your eyes right now. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's like, it's, a, I mean, there's so, I mean, so many authors and saints. Have, St. Louis de Montfort wrote have, a great little. Have, yeah. Either written like meditation. chapter on the Our Father or whole books on the Our Father. And every single, every single stanza, I mean, you go through the, the, the catechism and it's like, it's like just spelled out, you know, the different, the different meanings of every single clause. And uh, I mean, there's so much and you hear saints who... Would you know in in their time of prayer, just like uh, if they got if they got stuck in prayer, they just just recite their Father slowly, and pff, they're back in it. And you're like, wow. I mean, as Catholics, sometimes we say it so often that I mean, we don't even we don't even think about it. Yeah. And actually, I remember Father John Ricardo saying one time he was talking about uh, using the Lord's name in vain. He's like, oh, you don't use the Lord's name in vain? Oh, no. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be the name of the kingdom. Yeah. Like, oh, oh. Oh, right? It's like, 
That's that's an idle usage of the Lord's name. There is a vain, repetitious prayer right there. Right. If you're not you're not connecting, but so so we can we can say it so vainly, but if we really take time to to meditating on on it, whew, man, it's it's just a. It has everything, depth. including the hardest possible thing to say to God, oh, which yeah. is "Thy will be done." Yeah, I don't think there's anything hard to say. Well, and that, and then, and you know, forgive me as I forgive. But actually, no, don't just just forgive me. <laughs> just forgive me, not as I forgive others, but just just forgive me. Let's leave that one out. Which, you know, which that would be which which clause would you most want to leave out of the Our Father? <laughs> if you could have, a, have a, a one a magic wand and erase one one. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know between those two. I will say that that prayer really did, as I became Catholic, revolutionize my life to see sin as a dead. Hmm. And I, when I recited at home, I, I, I recited the old way, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Because I like that word hmm. better than trespass. I understand they're in essence the same, but when I think of trespass, I think of like a no trespassing sign. No hunting. Yeah. Um, I always think of a sign in the Violators woods. will be shot on yeah, sight. right. When I was like a kid exploring the woods, you'd get to a sign that said no trespassing, and it was always like, oh, dang it, no, I'm going <laughs> But I, I like the idea of sin as a, as a debt, and understanding sin as a debt was not fully my concept of sin. Mm. What I understood before is that my debt had been paid, period. And that no matter what I did, that debt was gone, would always be gone. I did not see sin as... Now, certainly, yes, Christ paid the debt of sin. But uh, what happens going forward and why do I still sin? I never had... I, I can never reconcile that piece of it. And in that prayer is this beautiful thing, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And it reminds us what the Lord said. If you don't forgive others then my Father in heaven will not forgive you. And here's Jesus saying that, and I always just kind of was like, well, that was like pre-cross, I guess. So he was just like, for this temporary period of time, this is how the Jews were supposed to operate. Or maybe that's how they were always supposed to operate, and he was just reminding that, but now, he's, of course, he's risen. We don't have to do that anymore. Mm. But here is a, a call from Christ to forgive others, or we won't be forgiven. And I can pray this every day in the Lord's Prayer, and remind myself, oh, there's someone I haven't forgiven. I need to forgive that person. Mm. But to see sin as a debt was, was um, there's a whole book on it sitting on my shelf. I don't remember who wrote it about the, the tradition in the Jewish history of sin as a debt, of being a debt. Well, what do you do with the debt? A debt has to be paid off. Mm. And there's all these great parables in scripture of Christ talking about a debt, different debts, and how they ought to be uh, paid. And of course, we have a very simple way to remain in friendship with Christ. That's it. And we talked about those five things, right? We talked about the five precepts that keep us in, in friendship is not hard. It's not hard to remain in friendship with Christ. And when we sin to come to that throne and receive mercy, but there in the prayer is that just reminder every day of the debt, this yeah. debt. Yeah. I'm not sure how that translation came to be because in the Latin, debitoribus, and I think that's probably more more closely yeah. allied to was debt. this a, was this a Vatican II thing the trespass the debtors to the trespass no no uh, well I mean I guess that was the no no because I mean like the translation came but and people have been saying the English you know our father in English for years in fact it's one of the places that even when they retranslated in 2012 they didn't they didn't touch the our father hmm. which 
everything it's interesting because everything else in the in the mass is you and your and then we get to thy and thou in in the our father and that's the only place hmm. um so they they kept kind of the in the an ancient language that we'd been using so it's 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 pre-vatican too so was it always forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us has it always been the vernacular in the mass uh, so I mean, yeah. As far as, as far as as far as the mass, yeah. Like when I was growing up, that was the mass. Interesting. Yeah, so I thought that was like that. a Vatican II. Wasn't there a little controversy that that um, Pope Francis was considering changing the terminology there at one point? Well, as far as I understand it, he gave permission to bishops' conferences if they wanted to change it. Um, that they could, and maybe maybe the Italian bishops did. I don't know, but it was just that lead us not into temptation, right? Um, and to change it to something. I can't remember what it was. Apparently, it's been it's been brushed away. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, the 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 Latin and the Greek, obviously, from which it from whence it came, um, is is lead us, lead us not into temptation. So it just seems like it's a good it's a good thing to preach on and say, well God doesn't lead us into temptation. Yeah, here's why we say it. But like not to not to change it. Um but I, I remember know. being also around that prayer profoundly moved by the us and we. Hmm. Um in in the tradition that I came from, it was almost and, and to this day, uh, among you know major evangelical Protestantism, you'll hear in their songs, it is entirely me hmm. and I. Now, is there anything inherently sinful about having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with God about me and I? Well, no, of course not. <laughs> but when Christ taught us to pray, he taught us us, us, to pray, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread mm -hmm. and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I liked the unification of that. And I was really drawn to that, not through the Lord's Prayer, but probably in like 2010, 11, I was really convicted over the songs that I was writing. I, I, when, I, when I sang with the people of God, I wanted this to talk as we and us hmm. and get away. I didn't have a really good reason for it. I just enjoyed when we talked about us. Um, and now that as I listen to these songs, you know, driving in the car and songs come on the radio, um, it's this massive group of people, you know, a big Hillsong conference or whatever, and all singing me, 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 me. And there seems to be a general um, theme throughout, I would say, I'll be generous here, 75% of that music that is very much about how could you love me? I'm so dirty, but I'm worth, I'm worth so much to you and I'm priceless. Hmm. There's this theme of being priceless. There's a lot of songs with that name. I'm not trying to make fun of them because of course it's true. There's this grain of truth there, but I appreciate about the mass this persistent use of us, except for when we confess. Hmm. I, not we confess to Almighty God. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters. The only part where we're talking about an I or a my or a me. And everything else is this we. And then we get to the Lord's Prayer, which is the ultimate us yeah, yeah. prayer that he the taught creed, us to The pray. creed is I also. Yes, the creed, creed is I. But yeah, you have, to, you have to own your belief. You have to, you have to own your sin. But then everything else, like, no, I, I only can call God Father because I've I've confessed because I'm in Jesus because yeah. I, I've 
professed my faith and I've confessed my sins, and that gives me a share in Christ's sonship. And then because of that, I can say, our Father. I am a we. When you when you are baptized, you become a we. I mean, yeah. You don't lose your individuality. You can't baptize somebody in the name of we. No, yeah. <laughs> that's very important. That's but so sad. A we. <laughs> it's always so sad. I've, I've heard those stories of a, a priest who just for whatever reason, for like twenty years, was saying things the wrong way. All right. You know, I always just feel so bad for that guy. <laughs> like, yeah, I hope I'm not doing that. <laughs> I had to even think back. Like, I can't believe we've talked about this. I can't believe we got we got the words exactly right. Yeah. Exactly as they were in scripture, we got them. There was nothing added or changed. Yeah. Um, maybe something a little at the beginning, a little introduction, but the words were spoken that way. But when I come to the Our Father, I remember feeling really blessed by that because as I look back at my song lyrics and stuff, I see the Lord kind of pulling me in in a lot of my words. But in particular in the us and, and the we of that, we're uh, we're drawn to this this big body. You know, why don't we? Even through Paul's writing, you see it all the time. Like, it's a we, it's an us. And, uh, and that's what I, I'm reminded of every time I pray that prayer, is we, we speak together, we profess together. I'm, before, I'm, I'm part of something larger. It's not a private, quiet thing, although we ought to care for our private devotions and our private life very much. But our faith is a very big public shared thing. But I love I love the uh, I love the cross. I want to go through the stations of the cross with that with that prayer in mind. I mm. think that'd be really yeah interesting way to 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 walk through the station of the cross just with the Lord's prayer. Oh, I've I've thought of I've thought that there's several. I, this this one would be good. I'd love to I'd love to do a, a living stations with with several things. I want. Um, so Jesus says from the cross, the beginning of Psalm 22, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then I want, I envision it like he says that, and then everybody knows the beginning. It's like saying in Catholic circles, our Father, and everybody says, who art in heaven, and we keep going. Everybody at the foot of the cross would have started saying the, saying huh. the prayer. And then the Pharisees start hearing them say it, and you know maybe, they, I mean, they don't like it, so they're probably not saying it, even though they know it. And then they start hearing those lines, like, they have torn holes in my hands and my mm. feet. I can count all my bones. You know, they taunt me, you know. Like, and to hear those those words coming out in that moment, um, and then, and then too, to, like, put the Our Father on the lips of Jesus. And that would be, a, I think that would wow. be a, a powerful uh, living stations or passion play. Wow, know? yeah. Jeez, let's... Um... Let's iron that out. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Well, I love this conversation and, and um, encourage anyone listening, uh, slowly pray through the Lord's Prayer today and see, uh, see how it hits you. But not if you're actually at Mass, then just keep the pace with the regular yes. the rest of the yes. people. Keep if, your voice. If you're the, if you're the guy who... <laughs> our, never... our Father who art, who art in heaven... <laughs> it's funny. Hallowed... <laughs> I had to learn really quickly, like, to to stay with the pace, because there'd be early on. You were that guy. I was a guy that was like, "Why are we talking so fast?" <laughs> and then I realized, oh, we're trying to speak as one voice. Uh, yeah. So yeah. don't be the guy that's trying to add the feels right. to right. it. Just say it. It's our father, not my father. So I got <laughs> to keep up, keep up with the the collective voice. <laughs> oh, great conversation. We'll see you guys next time. At Catholic Order of Foresters, we're committed to bringing Catholic values to life and financially protecting Catholic families right here in Minnesota. 
Our members enjoy benefits like scholarship eligibility and peace of mind knowing their family is secure, even if something happens to them. Each year, thousands join us to support people in need through our Feeding God's Children events, spirituality tap-ins, and mission trips. Wouldn't you love to be a part of an organization that embodies your Catholic values? Find out how you can be a part of Catholic Order of Foresters by calling General Agent Brian Markiton at 763-658-4009. That's Brian at 763-658-4009.